Hello, this is the first episode of my podcast. My name is Patrick Murphy. I'm a aspiring poet, artist, and computer science major at one point. Okay, so I wanted to start out by introducing one of my favorite poets of all time. His name is Richard Sykin. You can find him on the Poetry Foundation. And I'm just going to quickly read a poem that I like about it. I like because I just want to do that. Um, his poem is known as Litany, in which certain things are crossed out. What I like about Richard Sykin is it's random. Makes no sense at first, but yet it's still poetic in the end. It's really remarkable. So I'm going to begin. Every morning the maple leaves. Every morning another chapter where the hero shifts from one foot to another. Every morning the same big and little words all spelling out, out desire, all spelling out you will always be alone and then you will die. So maybe I wanted to give you something more than a catalog of non-definitive acts, something other than the desperation. Dear so-and-so, I'm sorry I, I couldn't come to your party. Dear so-and-so, I'm sorry I came to your party and seduced you and left you bruised and burned. You poor sad thing. You want a better story? Who wouldn't? A forest, then. Beautiful trees. A lady singing. Love on the water, love underwater, love, love, and so on. What a sweet lady, sing, lady, sing. Of course, she wakes the dragon. Love always wakes the dragon suddenly. Flames everywhere. I can tell already you think I'm the dragon. That would be so like me, but I'm not. I'm not the dragon. I'm not the princess either. Who am I? I'm just a writer. I write things down. I walk through your dreams and invent the future. Sure, I sink the boat of love, but that comes later. And yes, I swallow glass, but that comes later. And the part where I push you flush against the wall and every part of your body rubs against the bricks, shut up, I'm getting to it. For a while, I thought I was the dragon. I guess I could tell you that now. And for a while, I thought I was the princess. Cotton candy pink sitting there in my room in the tower of the castle, young and beautiful and in love and waiting for you with confidence. But the princess looks into her mirror and only sees the princess. While I'm out here, slogging through the mud, breathing fire, and getting stabbed to death. Okay, so I'm the dragon. Big deal. You still get to be the hero. You get magic gloves, a fish that talks. You get eyes like flashlights. What more do you want? I make you pancakes. I take you hunting. I talk to you as if you're really there. Are you there, sweetheart? Do you know me? Is this microphone live? Let me do it right for once. For the record, let me make a thing of cream and stars that becomes, you know the story, simply heaven. Inside your head, you hear a phone ringing, and when you open your eyes, only a clearing with deer in it. Hello, deer. Inside your head, the sound of glass, a car crash, and as the trucks roll over and explode in slow motion, hello, darling. Right? Sorry about that. Sorry about the bony elbows. Sorry we lived here. Sorry about the scene at the bottom of the stairwell and how I ruined everything by saying it out loud, especially that, but I should have known. You see, I take the parts that I remember and stitch them back together to make a creature that will do what I say or love me back. I'm not really sure why I do it, but in this version, you are not 
feeding yourself to a bad man. Against the black sky prickled with small lights, I take it back. The wooden halls like caskets, these terms from the lower depths, I take them back. Here is the repeated image of the, of the lover destroyed, crossed out. Clumsy hands in the dark room, crossed out. There is something underneath the floorboards, crossed out. And here is the tabernacle, reconstructed. Here's the part where everyone was happy all the time and we were all forgiven, even though we didn't deserve it. Inside your head, you hear a phone ringing, and when you open your eyes, you're washing up in a stranger's bathroom, standing by the window in a yellow towel, only 20 minutes away from the dirtiest thing you know. All the rooms of the castle except this one, says someone, and suddenly, darkness, suddenly only darkness. In the living room, in the broken yard, in the back of the car as the lights go by, in the airport bathrooms gurgle and flush bathed in a pharmacy of unnatural light. My hands looking weird, my face weird, my feet too far away. And then the airplane, the window set over the wing with a view of the wing and a little foil bag of peanuts. I arrived in the city and you met me at the station, smiling in a way that made me frightened down the alley, around the arcade, up the stairs of the building, to the little room with the broken faucets, your drawings, all your things. I looked out the window and said, this doesn't look that much different from home. But it didn't. But then I noticed the black sky and all those lights. We walked. We walked through the house to the elevated train, all these buildings, all that glass and shiny, beautiful mechanical wind. We were inside the, the train car, when I started to cry, you were crying too, smiling and crying in a way that made me even more hysterical. You said I could have anything I wanted, but I just couldn't say it out loud. Actually, you said love for you is larger than the usual romantic love. It's like a religion. It's terrifying. No one will ever want to sleep with you. Okay, if you're so great, you do it. Here's the pencil. Make it work. If the window is on your right, you are on your own bed. If the window is over your heart and it is painted shut, then we are breathing river water. Build me a city and call it Jerusalem. Build me another and call it Jerusalem. We have come back to from Jerusalem where we found not what we sought, so do it over. Give me another version. A different room. Another hallway. The kitchen painted over and over. Another bowl of soup. The entire history of human desire takes about 70 minutes to tell. Unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time. Forget the dragon. Leave the gun on the table. This has nothing to do with happiness. Let's jump ahead to the moment of epiphany in gold light as the camera pans to where the action is. Lakeside and backlit, and it all falls into frame. Close enough to see the blue rings of my eyes as I say something ugly. I never liked that ending either. More love streaming out the wrong way. And I don't want to be be the kind that says the wrong way. But it doesn't work. These erasures, this constant refolding of the pleats. There were some nice parts, sure. All lemon drop and melon ball, laughing in silk pajamas and the grains of sugar on the toast. Love, love, or whatever. Take a number. I'm sorry. I'm such a lousy story. Dear forgiveness, you know that recently we have had our difficulties, and there are many things I want to ask you. I tried that one time, high school, second lunch, and then again, years later, 
in the chlorinated pool. I am still talking to you about help. I still do not have these luxuries. I have told you where I'm coming from, so put it together. We clutch our bellies and roll on the floor. When I say this, it should mean laughter, not poison. I want more applesauce. I want more seats reserved for heroes. Dear forgiveness, I saved a plate for you. Quit milling around the yard and come inside. And so that's just, it takes you on such a journey from one image to another. It's about desire. It's about wanting love. It's about wanting everything, pretty much, to me. Richard Sykin just has a marvelous way with words that I just absolutely adore. I just, it's remarkable. The ending brings everything together. You think it's about two people, but it's really about one and this person not having anything and wanting to just forgive himself. That's how I see it. It's a remarkable piece. And I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, I, I think that was a rather long piece of poetry, actually, and I'm sure the only people that would actually listen to the whole thing are the ones who are here for poetry. So that's a bit crazy. And I applaud you if you sat through the whole piece. What I enjoy the most in work is like getting drawn in to images, being brought through a story and having a piece of someone's soul that I can like sit under and make my own little definition, you could say. So I wanted to, another poet that I enjoy a whole lot would be Sylvia Plath. So I have some time, may as well bring up one of hers. Now, a whole lot of people know Sylvia Plath. She's not a more modern poet like Richard Sykin. Um, she's really dark in a way, as in like her work is, um, I call it realistic. So I'm, I'm just going to get into it and then explain it after I read it. So this, this one's called The Applicant by Sylvia Plath. First. Are you our sort of person? Do you wear a glass eye, false teeth or a crutch? A bruce or a hook, rubber breast or a rubber crotch? Stitches to show something's missing? No, no, no? Then how can we give you a thing? Stop crying, open your hand, empty, empty. Here's a hand. To fill it and willing to bring teacups and roll away headaches and do whatever you tell it. Will you marry it? It is guaranteed. To thumb shut your eyes at the end and dissolve of sorrow. We make new stock from the salt. I notice you are stark naked. How about this suit? Black and stiff, but not a bad fit. Will you marry it? It is waterproof. Shatterproof. Proof against fire and bombs through the roof. Believe me, they'll bury you in it. Now your head, excuse me, is empty. I have the ticket for that. Come here, sweetie, out of the closet. Well, what do you think of that? 
naked as paper to start. But in 25 years, she'll be silver. In 50, gold. A living doll. Everywhere you look, it can sew, it can cook, it can talk, talk, talk. It works. There is nothing wrong with it. You have a hole. It is poltice. You have an eye. It's an image. My boy, it's, it's your last resort. Will you marry it? Marry it? Marry it? So I think what she's getting at, this is my, like the cool thing about poetry is you can get your own definition. You can take it your own way. So the way I like to take this poem is pretty much the title, The Applicant. It's about someone who's not perfect and trying to say that both people in the relationship aren't perfect, the male figure and the female figure. It's a heterosexual relationship that I take from it. It's a typical marriage, and they're trying to say that, like, you know, you're going to die one day, and you're going to be in some rustled-up, stiff suit. And that's – is that all you're going to be? Is that all you're going to be about? And then it's, like, the person who's intertwined with it, the, the female figure, is this hardworking, respectable lady. And they're trying to say, will you go for the mar the marriage? That she's the applicant. That's how I take the poem. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's based on a first read basis. That's what I take from her. But what I love about Sylvia Plath is her word usage. It it is remarkable to me. It sounds amazing. The cadence is impeccable. She comes up with all these really hard hitting good words to me that come together great. Like, for instance, this the second stanza, stitches to show something's missing? No. No? Then how can we give you a thing? Stop crying. Open your hand. Empty? Empty. Here's a hand. That's such a creative verse that I just absolutely adore Sylvia Plath for words like that. And I am glad she ever wrote poetry. So I'm about 27, I'd say, live in Ohio. I'm going to be going to school for poetry pretty soon, trying to get that worked out. Just having a good time, really. Um, college is about around the corner. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Um, I plan on opening up a vendor pretty soon to sell some of my poetry books. I hope it goes well. Just thought I'd update some stuff about my personal life. Um, I guess we can, I can finish this particular podcast with a reading of my own. It's kind of personal. Of course, all, all my poetry is personal. But this one is called 2 AM Flames. I entered it into a contest. And I'm probably going to read this. So I'm practicing reading for like the contest type thing. I'm going to read it to the, for them on their show. 
the late night poets on blog talk radio is pretty cool and this one's called 2am flames so i'm just gonna get into it 2am flames 10pm drifts along where our hands either dry or soak with ink we drown ourselves in music hoping to forget them if this is your muse let those songbirds sing even though they only screech these hands keep us from viewing with those eyes we learn to hollow out from loving the moon too much. This will leave in the brisk of morn. So when 11 p.m. passes, be rift we stay on each fine article once, the scarf wrapped around their neck for midnight strolls, now ripped and seamless. Where we once spoke peacefully, but rage and rant came through these veins, jotting each inflamed idea where tomorrow ever after burns into an ear cadence. Time ticks past 12 a.m. Maybe it's time to drink that last pint of gasoline, letting one last flame upwar through our body and rampage out the mouth for the next designated damsel to see, leaving this night in store-bought attics where dust has yet to cover. The hope is, even though we are burnt inside, we may never have to step foot in this attic again. 2 a.m. comes, and their life is buried inside us where we last opened the attic door. Light the flame. Drop the match. We are arsons, but nobody needs to know. Leave this attic burnt. While weighing paper with our hands, allow ink to be absorbed and realize, once a poet, now a dreamer. So that one's about learning to move on, moving on, and then doing it. You did it. You burn bridges. You hurt people. You hurt yourself. Life happens in, in the world. And that's what that poem's about. It's realizing that, you know, you did something, but, you know, you don't have to live that way anymore. You can choose to let that go in the past. That's what that poem is about. It's about letting the past be the past and working towards the future. So it's called 2 a.m. Flames. The idea is like you're up all night, you're thinking over it, you're wondering over it, you're thinking about someone you loved, you cared about, and you just can't go to sleep, and you burn it all up at night. And that's the end of my first podcast. Anyway, hope you enjoyed and stick around for the next one.